Welcome to today's issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Welcome to today's issues on American Family Radio Network. My name is Walker Wildman. I'm sitting in for my dad, Tim Wildman, and Ed Vitagliano, both of your typical host and co-host here on today's issues. But I have with me a familiar voice, Fred Jackson. Fred, yes, welcome. Good to be with you. And I, I just picked up on something. What's that? You, one person, can replace two. I can. <laughs> And I'm proud to replace two, although I don't typically like to do that because the pressure's on. <laughs> Ray Pritchard is with us from Kansas City. Ray, glad to have you on. Hey, thanks, Walker. Great to be here. And uh, Chris Woodward is bringing us the news of the day. Thank you for having me back. Happy birthday to my brother. I don't know if he's listening, but today is his birthday. What's your brother's name? Kevin. Kevin. Bless his heart. He's the big four nine. Oh. So is, he's older than you? Yeah. Yeah, he's bit? my older brother. Mm-hmm. About ten years older. I'm thirty you know we, years old. You know now. we charge we charge for shout outs. Oh well <laughs> fifty dollars a shout out. All right, Steve. And Ray and Fred bring and I your split the money when we swap right. out. <laughs> All right. Well, a couple housekeeping items before we jump into the news of the day. If you wanna check out our website, you can go to AFR.net and check out our website of American Family Radio. And when you're there, you can find the Today's Issues podcast page. Also, feel free to download the app on your smartphone, on your tablet device, as long as we're not canceled. You can download the AFR app. And then lastly, we're on Facebook and YouTube. Go to uh, Facebook or YouTube, type in Today's Issues. You can watch the show and catch the stories there on our social media pages. Chris, what do you got, man? Well, President Biden is in the headlines for a lot of things today, uh, one of them being a press conference where he kind of continued to make nonsensical answers. He rambled a lot, uh, told reporters he would get in trouble if he kept taking questions, something he's told reporters before in the past, even used a, one of his uh, famous, come on, mans, and give me a breaks, uh, things like that. I've got several clips from pr- uh, the president yesterday and even over this the was, weekend. This was at the G7 summit. Yes, Yes, this is uh, President Biden telling reporters he's going to get in trouble if he keeps taking questions. Clip four. Uh, I'm sorry I'm going to get in trouble with staff. I don't do this the right way. Jennifer Jacob Bloomberg. I'm going to get in trouble with my my staff. Yeah, go ahead. I pretend that you didn't answer you. Thank you very much, sir. You have often said uh, repeatedly that America is back. Yes. Uh, At the same time, you've kept in place some Trump-era steel and aluminum sanctions. And I wanted to ask you, when you're having these conversations with European allies who are very concerned about these sanctions, how do you justify that? And what are your plans? 120 days. Give me a break. Need time. You know, guys, I I try to not be the person to say if this was the other way around. But we all know if President Trump had said something of that nature to reporters, CNN would have dropped everything they were talking about to literally do live wall-to-wall coverage, reacting to Trump slamming the media and shutting well, out reporters. This, uh, Fred, this would have been uh, – if if President Trump would have taken a list of reporters, which he may have done at one point, but not often, a list of reporters, and he can only take questions from those pre-approved reporters and questions, <laughs> the left would have gone ballistic. Yeah. Well, it, it is interesting to watch a Joe Biden news conference versus what we saw with Donald Trump. 
Joe Biden has a card in front of him, and it has a list of friendly reporters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was noted yesterday that uh, Peter Ducey, I guess it is, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Ducey's son, Peter Ducey is the White House correspondent for Fox, never gets asked. Mm-hmm. So we have a lineup of NPR reporters. We have CBS, NBC. I mean, Joe Biden kind of knows these people. They're friends. Sure. Uh, so, uh, Joe, you get up next and you ask your question. And uh, it is, uh, like like Chris was saying, if this was Donald Trump so tightly scripted, the mainstream media would be all mm-hmm. over it. But also the second part of this, when he goes off the scripted response, he gets lost. Yeah. He really is. He gets lost. He's not sure where to go next. Uh, yesterday, and we may have this question, he was asked about an earlier comment that he made with regards to Vladimir Putin. And I think he called Vladimir Putin a a killer or something uh, sometime earlier. And there was this pregnant pause for about eight or nine seconds. He did not know what to do with that one. Yeah. Now that he's president. Well, and also he's meeting with Putin tomorrow. Yeah, Ray, now that he's actually in the hot seat in the Oval Office, uh, all of a sudden the language against Vladimir Putin becomes all too nice. The whole thing is is so troubling, Walker. You you listen to him, there's hesitation in his voice. He's – look, the thing is scripted. We know that, okay? I don't don't particularly – But the thing is, Ray, it's still terrible. That, Even that's when right. being scripted. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's it's scripted and it's awful. And when he goes unscripted, it's just what Fred said. There's pausing. There's hesitation. His yeah. voice gets very, very weak. You feel very concerned about it. And I want to say again, you worry about some moment of national crisis, how the president is going to respond. I know Mr. Trump is out of office, but you can't help make the comparison. One thing about Trump, he didn't care. He'd go and he he enjoyed mixing it up with the yeah. other side, you know. Mr. Biden apparently simply cannot do that. Uh, I don't know what to expect tomorrow. Is it tomorrow when he meets with, with, That's correct. with Putin? Yeah. He's already refused, uh, President Biden has, mm-hmm. to hold a joint news conference after their meeting. Yeah, that would be embarrassing. Yes. Because Putin would clean his clean his clock. Yes, it would. Uh, at the press conference. Um, yeah, the, the Chris, do you have the clip? I'm sure it's on one of these you have where the reporter does ask about Putin and he, yes. he whiffles and waffles for about 30 seconds. Yes, and be advised, uh, your your radio has not gone bad here. This yeah. does include a very long pregnant pause from the uh, chief. Yeah, th- this is this is a, at the same press conference we just played mm-hmm. the clip from a few minutes ago. And and the reporter asked about, what about Putin? Yeah. And here, here, here's a response. Flip six. In a weekend interview, Vladimir Putin laughed at the suggestion that you had called him a killer. Is that still your belief, sir, that he is a killer? And I'll continue the trend if you don't mind of asking a second question. Do you believe if he does agree to cooperate, then what kind of a challenge do you find yourself in? How would you ever trust him? And if Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify, what do you say to Vladimir Putin? <laughs> to answer the first question, <laughs> I'm laughing too. They actually, I. Well, look, I mean, he has made clear that uh, uh, the answer is I believe he is in the past essentially 
acknowledged that he was uh, there are certain things that he would do or did do. But look, um, when I was asked that question on air, I answered it honestly. But it's not much of a I, I, I don't think it matters a whole lot in terms of this next meeting we're about to have. <laughs> you accuse somebody of being a killer. Doesn't really matter. Wow. That's 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 that right. That is concerning. I mean, this, here we are, the pre, the leader of the free world, and can't even. He lost. He lost yeah. his train of thought there. Look, this is not about ideology. We're not talking about leftism or or being a Democrat or socialist. This is a man whose mental faculties are diminished, and it happens. You live long enough. It's gonna. If any of us live long enough, it's gonna happen. I'm only about. I do the math here about 10 or 11 years behind him. So I understand this thing does happen as people get older, but it is very scary to have that happening to the leader of the free world. Yeah. Yeah. And to your point, typically uh, when you're at that point, you're either golfing or you're playing with grandkids. <laughs> That's exactly um, right. Or you're walking your dog. You're not uh, running the free world with, with a threat with actors like China and Russia coming for your, your lunch. Um, as uh, remember Biden said, uh, China's not going to eat our lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when asked about China, um, so anyway, uh, we'll work, welcome to the to the show, Frank Turek, a weekly guest we have, Doctor Frank Turek from Cross Examined. Frank, uh, glad to have you with us, brother. Hey, great to be with you guys. How you doing? Doing well, man. I want to tease a little something you did for us a couple weeks ago. You came uh, to our studios here in Tupelo, Mississippi, and recorded a uh, video session on uh, your book. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Um, so that's uh, that'll be coming out in the coming months. So I just wanted to let our audience know about that. Where can where can folks find your book? I know you've written several. Uh, where can they find your, your resources? Well, if they go to crossexamined.org, that's crossexamined with a D on the end of it, they'll find everything there. We also have a pretty robust YouTube channel with a lot of short videos from the college campus, you know, kids asking questions. And uh, there are probably over a thousand of them now and uh, they're short Q&A most of them where a kid will ask a question and we try and give an answer in you know in two to five minutes or something so you mm -hmm. can share those videos with others. Frank uh, I was talking to a fellow in my Sunday school class this past week and I think it was his one of his extended family members maybe a cousin or nephew or niece that was uh, in in uh, eighth grade I believe it was here in the state of Mississippi and they were on a this student was on a on a video call slash classroom setting um, with other students and a teacher. And the teacher started out with um, asking people, asking the students to uh, introduce themselves in whatever pronoun, pronoun they prefer. <laughs> and we've seen these stories over and over again. So my question to you is, if we are asked uh, whether it be on a video call or elsewhere about what our pronoun is what would you recommend we say i would say your majesty <laughs> <laughs> because i think that would just set every you know set the tone properly that my pronoun is your majesty so let's just get that straight from the very beginning can i Actually, tell my could i tell my wife that <laughs> <laughs> you could you could you could <laughs> you could walker frank i'll let you know how that goes it would not be wise <laughs> <laughs> that's almost that's almost like saying to your wife after she says something like you promised and you give her the line 
I've altered the deal. Pray I do not alter it again. <laughs> yeah, Frank, this is this is this is uh, this is detached from reality. But but this is going on, Frank. Where, I know it is. Where they're yeah. giving they're giving students the option to basically deny science and reality and create this alternative personality that doesn't really exist. And that's the problem. Um, I think as conservatives, what we mean by conservative is we want to conserve what we know is true. That's what it means to be a conservative. And the conservatives, at least we should believe, that we need to change our beliefs and behaviors to fit reality. Uh, leftists, on the other hand, as they are defined today, want to try and change reality to fit their beliefs and behaviors. And that can't be done. That's a fool's errand. So when people talk about, if you're at work right now uh, and uh, you're being pressured to use pronouns that you, do, that you know deny science and deny God's design, I think what you should do, you should ask three questions. The first question should be, if your boss is putting the pressure on you, and this should be done privately with your boss, you should say, do you consider yourself a tolerant person? Now, typically a boss putting pressure on you in this kind of woke, with this woke ideology will have to say, well, of course I'm tolerant. <laughs> well, then you want to say, great, because if I have, a, I have an opinion that's different from yours, you'll tolerate it then, right? Mm. Well, hopefully. <laughs> if they go back on that, then you can say, what about tolerance? But the next question you should ask is, do you think I should try to force you to violate your conscience? Hopefully, the person will say, well, of course not. Then you can say, then why are you trying to force me to violate my conscience? Because that's really what's going on here. They're trying to impose a political position on you in the workplace. And I would say, if we don't stand against this, uh, then A, we're not being faithful to God. B, we're not being faithful to other people by telling them the truth. You don't help people by telling them a lie, even if they want you to tell them a lie. It was Thomas Sowell, the famous economist who said, economist who said, uh, if you tell people what they want to hear, you're helping yourself. If you tell people what they need to hear, you're helping them. And you notice why we, we tell people what they want to hear? Because we're helping ourselves. We don't, we don't want to take their consternation. We don't want to take uh, their wrath for disagreeing with them. So we tell people what they want to hear. That's not helping them. That's, that's helping ourselves. Now, what I'm saying here might just get you fired. I mean, I got fired. 10 years ago for writing a book called Correct Not Politically Correct, How Same-Sex Marriage Hurts Everyone. And so my advice is cheap, but look, we might not be able to change the culture, but at least we can prevent the culture from changing us. Frank, Fred here, along the same line of thinking, uh, I know you're aware uh, of the, uh, the fighting back right now uh, in various jurisdictions against critical race theory. Yeah, critical race theory saying if you're born white, you're an oppressor. If you are born of a different skin color, you are the oppressed, which is totally unbiblical. But uh, we see parents in Fairfax County, Loudoun County, Virginia, and in various jurisdictions—New York, New Jersey—fighting back against this. I here's my take on it. Uh, I'd like your reaction to it. I think we are starting to see a healthy rebellion against this whacked-out philosophy, this unrealistic um, descriptions, whether it's pronouns or whether it's critical race theory, 
And I, I think the left maybe has overplayed its hand. Your thoughts? I'm hoping that's the case, Fred. I'm hoping people are finally waking up. Did you see that? I don't, I'll send it to you if you guys haven't seen You probably already have. Did you see that article in the New York Post yesterday from that uh, North Korean dissident? Yes. Yeah. I think we actually have a little bit we of audio. We have that audio. We do. You do? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we, let's, you want us to pl- we'll play that, Frank. Yeah, you let and, me hear you, it. You and Ray can, Ray can pitch in. Yeah, yeah. We, have, uh, we have two clips here. Uh, this is 27-year-old Yanmi Park, if I said her name correctly. Uh, she's uh, talking about woke curriculums in school. Uh, clip eight. Every single day I go to classroom and they tell me, you know, this, we, in order for us to create a safe place, we need to stop asking the truth. And that's what it was in North Korea. I don't get it why Americans, a lot of Americans are choosing this path. People here haven't gone through actual real hardship. They keep talking about systemic oppression. And I'm like, you don't know what oppression looks like. Uh, uh, hang on, Frank. Well, Chris, who who was that? We didn't, we didn't set that yes, up well. Yes, that was a uh, 27-year-old Yeonmi Park. Uh, she is a North Korean defector uh, who has uh, enrolled at Columbia University. And interestingly enough, too, I know we have people in our audience that are a big fan of this author's work. Uh, Park is a big fan of Jane Austen's novels from, you know, 200-some-odd years ago. Uh, but... Park, when she was questioned, who were some of your favorite authors, she was told, well, Jane Austen's wrong and backward. You shouldn't read her. Clip 10. I was excited about, like, learning about history and, you know, how the people thought back then. And one of the person at the organization was asking, who is, like, loves jo- Jane Austen and and who reads these classical books? And I was like, I love those books. I just, like, thought it was a good thing, right? And then she was like, did you know that those writers who had a colonial mindset were racist and bigots wrote their books? So they are uh, subconsciously brainwashing you. This, this is a young lady who is, she defected from North Korea and she is shocked. She arrives in the United States and says, wait a minute, do you Americans understand what's going on in this country right yeah. now is what I escaped from? Ray, this that, is what well, this was going on at Columbia University. That's where yes, she was going. Yeah. Yes. She's saying Columbia University is more nuts than Kim Jong Un yes. or whatever his name Ray, is. Ray, that's chilling. It's chilling, frightening, sobering, and what a teaching moment for Americans. Take a look at North Korea. Is that what you want for the future of this nation? Uh, it it is instructive for a refugee, some an escapee from North Korea, to remind us of the wrong direction this country is on. So, wow. By the way, Ray, that point about North Korea is this is this is the fastest way to convince some Christian who thinks we ought to stay completely out of politics that they're wrong. Yeah. All you need mm. to do is tell them to Google or duck duck go <laughs> uh, this sentence or this phrase, Korea satellite night. Yeah. If you're driving right now, don't do that. <laughs> but when you get a minute, just Google or DuckDuckGo, Korea Satellite Night, Satellite Night. hit images, and what you're going to see is a, a satellite image of the Korean Peninsula, and you're going to see that South Korea is filled with light. It's filled with productivity, and you're going to see North Korea virtually completely dark. And the reason for the difference is politics. The South has freedom. The North does not. Yeah, And the question is, which country would you rather live in? Would you rather live in South Korea or North Korea? 
well, the reason South Korea is better than North Korea is because they have political freedom. And unless Christians stand for political freedom, soon we won't have it either. And we're going to be forced into some sort of communist or socialism, a socialist utopia, which, as you know, is not utopia at all. It's uh, it's going to spread misery to everyone. Frank, this uh, and this 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 whole debate about whether Christians should be involved in politics. I mean, the the what I usually say, and this is not new to me, but the, someone's values are going to be implemented. Someone's someone's belief system, whether it be good or bad, is going to be put in place. We all have to live under somebody's somebody's rule, or at least a, a people's rule, a, a country's rule, what the laws are. And so, if we if Christians don't engage and don't have our values put in place and valued in America, then then it's going to be it's going to be those who are lost, those who don't believe in God, those who don't protect. Uh, life, those who don't believe in in liberty and uh, constitutional rights, so well, someone's yeah. someone's values are going to be put in place. Yeah, all all laws legislate morality. The only question is whose morality. And if you think about it, the only worldview that will protect individual freedom is the Christian worldview. The Muslim worldview won't. They believe in Sharia law. The Hindu worldview won't. They believe in a caste system. Yeah. The atheistic worldview won't because they have no way to ground objective morality. Whoever has the most power wins. The only worldview that will hold uh, and protect individual freedom of individual citizens is the Christian worldview, and that's the very thing people are trying to get rid of. All right, there you have it, Frank Turek. Your show, Cross-Examined, is heard on American Family Radio each Saturday at 9 a.m. Central and Sunday at 4 p.m. Central here on AFR. Thanks, Frank. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, great being with you guys. See ya. All right, Chris, what you got well, next? Well, I want to bring up this sound because I think it does weight. It, it factors into the discussion about um, critical race theory. You know, the other side will say, well, you guys are white people. Of course you would say this about critical race theory. You're trying to denounce what it is that you're uh, doing and forcing on other people and things like that. One of the biggest critics of critical race theory is attorney and civil rights activist Leo Terrell. He was on Fox and Friends today talking about the comments from Ms. Park, the uh, North Korean defector, clip nine. No one in America is oppressed or held back due to the historical sins of our colonial ancestor. No one. But that's what's being taught in American colleges and universities. Her educational experience at Columbia represents the left hatred towards white men. White men allegedly are inherently evil. And to think otherwise, it's not accepted. And the whole game plan here is to rewrite American history. I am not oppressed or held back by anyone based on historical ancestry. It's impossible. But that's what's being taught by the left. Wow, that's so true. And you know, uh, Ray, when you look at when you look throughout America and you look at people's lives, I mean, people have come to America. Some people have been born in America in in very tough situations. And because of the opportunity and the freedom that we have here, they're able to change their their generational line as far as their outcome of their family. You ask yourself, why are people trying to get into America? I mean, we talk about the the southern border problem, but this is at least one little part of it, Walker, that America is the freest nation on earth. It's the land of opportunity. And that's why from all over the world, people are trying their best to get to to the U.S. Absolutely. All right, today's issues, American Family Radio, Fred, Ray, myself, and Chris Woodward will be back 
after the break with more news of the day. Next time on Today's Issues, our guest will be Abraham Hamilton III of the Hamilton Corner. What an idea! You have neighbors? Do you know their name? Do they know your name? Some of us have no clue what our neighborhood is like, but all we know is what is hashtag trending. We'll also have news headlines and analysis from American Family News. Don't miss the next Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unrocked my hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. If you're a first responder, you know the right training can make all the difference in a crisis. At Liberty University, we know the right training can make all the difference for your future. So we're proud to offer you a 25% discount on our more than 450 online degree programs. Combine this discount with our generous military benefits if you or your spouse also have military experience. Learn more about getting the right training at Liberty University by texting DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. Unvaccinated students in Exeter, New Hampshire, were publicly singled out and marked with a number at the high school prom. Just to confirm, this happened on American soil, not German. Local reporters say teachers use Sharpies to write numbers on the skin of students who had not been vaccinated against the China virus. After every third song, the numbered students had to raise their hands so their names could be recorded for contact tracing purposes. There was also a list available for all to see that included the names of everyone and their vaccine information. One parent said it's like their kids were treated like prisoners in Nazi Germany. Others were angered over violations of HIPAA rights and the lack of medical confidentiality. Beyond that, it is parents, by the way, who determine what medical information about their kids gets to be shared, not the school district. I'm Todd Starnes. Beloved, we are now children of God, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when Christ appears, we will be like Him. 
For we will see him as he is, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as Christ is pure. 1 John 3, 2 and 3. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. All right. Welcome back to today's issues here on American Family Radio. Don't forget to check out our website, AFR.net, and you can also catch uh, Frank Turk's show there his podcast there at AFR.net under the podcast section. Just uh, click on cross-examine and you'll be able to listen to his shows each week here on American Family Radio. On the line with us, we have our weekly guest, uh, also host of Sandy Rios in the Morning. Sandy Rios, welcome to Today's Issues. Hey, Walker, I heard a rumor that you also host Sandy Rios in the Morning. I was trying to figure that out. It's like when I used to have men working for me at Concerned Women for America. Is that that same kind of deal? Yeah, yeah. I, I hosted your <laughs> show last week, I know you and did. we had a good time. Teasing I, you. Thank had, you for doing that. Yeah, you know, what's what's uh, interesting is I've get <clears throat> last week I got one negative feedback from hosting your show and then one positive feedback. <laughs> so uh, I, I took the positive one and I ingested it. And then the negative one, I lost it somewhere. So I don't, I don't even remember what it was about. But it is it is funny to, to you know listen what? to the... Actually, can I just say, Adam told me about that. And I'm going to tell everybody what they said about you. They said that you... The one person mm-hmm. said that you talk too slow, which I think is amusing because, Walker, I've been in radio how long? And can you imagine how many thousands of people have told me I talk too fast? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I told so, Adam, and then then I got an email a couple of days later said I was the best host ever. So, well, um, all right. <laughs> no, it you didn't, are good. It didn't say You're that. very good. Didn't say that precisely, but it was pretty close to it. Um, well, I'd keep that one if I were you too. Yeah, I've got it pinned on my wall in my office. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I don't. Um, anyway, Sandy, uh, I want we want to talk about this uh, this uh, G7 summit, and I guess it's a NATO summit yeah. as well. Um, considering some of the uh, countries there are NATO members. Um, but uh, but we played a clip earlier in, in the show of Biden and, and this, this horrible press conference that he had there um, where he was, number one, he was two hours late, and then he hardly answered any questions with any clarity. Um, but, Sandy, this is, this is our president on the world stage. <clears throat> and, Chris, let's play the clip of, of Biden taking a jab at – uh, political opponents yes. on the national on, on the world stage. Yeah, this is our president, uh, Joe Biden, taking aim at uh, GOP leadership and labeling their agenda as phony populism. Clip one. I think it's a- appropriate to say that um, the Republican Party is vastly diminished in numbers. The leadership of the Republican Party is fractured, and the Trump wing of the party is the bulk of the party. <laughs> Sandy, your thoughts? Uh, well, all right. Well, I have a lot of thoughts about that. As you know, uh, traditionally, presidents have never gone overseas and criticized their opponents. They just don't do it. We're united overseas. We speak as one voice as Americans. When President Trump was president, he went over, and I don't even know what he said about, uh, about the Democrats, but he said something, and the press went crazy. Mm-hmm. And they were right, at least they're right in concept, that traditionally presidents don't badmouth their opponents 
overseas. Well, Joe Biden, you know, did exactly that, and there's nothing but glowing praise. Well, first of all, what he said is not true. Uh, at least, in, for the most part, is not true. Republicans are not diminishing in number. I hate to tell him that, uh, but uh, President Trump received at least 80 million votes uh, in the election, and that was a tremendous increase over any Republican uh, candidate for, I don't even know what the, what the stats are, but that's, it's really just not true. I think all of us know intellectually that's not true because we have a, so many people that have come uh, to the party that are, uh, were formerly uh, you know, independents, some of them were Democrats. We've got that, that whole movement of you know, walk away from the Democratic Party. We have a lot of uh, black, new black and Hispanic members to the party, so it's just, that's just not true. The leadership, y'all probably is a little fractured, just like the Democratic uh, leadership is fractured. And uh, so it, 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 it just wasn't true. It was unnecessary. It was out of context. It wasn't any. It, there's no election going on. There was really no need for it. I think that, I think Joe Biden is kind of a bitter guy, and this is his chance to kind of lash out. And I think that I don't mean that particular moment, but my, I mean in general, as the new president, it's his chance to get back at people. Yeah. And so uh, he's, and, he's and, not and a very li- likable. Literally, person. his DOJ is going after his political opponents. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and, and we can talk more about that in a little bit, Fred. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Sandy, one of the other announcements that came out today while President Biden uh, is in Europe, and I wanted to get your reaction, the National Security Council on Tuesday releasing their strategy plan of the Biden administration to go after what they call the greatest threat to America right now, domestic terrorism. And uh, this is a quote, domestic terrorism driven by hate, bigotry, and other forms of extremism is a stain on the soul of America. Uh, Biden's, this is a Biden quote, it goes against everything our country strives for and it poses a direct challenge to our national security, democracy, and unity. Now, if I was a reporter and had an opportunity to question President Joe Biden on this, I would say, okay, who falls under this category driven by hate, bigotry, and other forms of extremism? I want you to be specific and I think I, I, the honest answer would be he's going after anybody who supported Donald Trump. He's going after, for the most part, uh, white conservatives. Am I stretching things there? Oh, no, no, not at all. I think that they've been quite, uh, quite clear about that. It's not, they're not even hiding their agenda anymore. And we see it in the critical race theory curriculums that white people are the horrific horrendous enemy of the future of the new America. Uh, and I don't think, you know, ironically, Fred, I think all those white people who think they're woke have not figured out yet that it actually does still include them. Mm. Uh, and and it's like in other totalitarian movements where they become violent and they come after people, they have to have an enemy. Uh, the, the, the net widens. And it will catch them at some point. They will be, and they will try to say, "Oh yes, but we we defended you. We I taught a class on wokeism. Uh, you know, I hate white people too. It won't matter. I just don't think they understand that. The, it will come back and eat them alive as well. It's just a cancer in our culture right now. Uh, I see the cancer differently than the ways that they see it. It has nothing to do with race. It has to do with hatred, uh, envy, uh, turning people against each other, teaching people to." Uh, well, it's, it's um, covetousness. It's like some of the commandments. It's wanting what other people have. It's resenting people. It's just a horrific uh, psychology. 
and it happened. It's happened in every communist country, and we're we're just experiencing it now. It's just, and yet, you know, I don't know if you guys heard that um, Korean girl, North Korean girl, who had escaped with her mother when she was ten. Yeah, we just played a clip of her. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you know that she talked about how America has become worse than North Korea in some ex- respects, college campuses mm-hmm. where she was in school, uh, because it is the same pattern. And then you may have heard that uh, former Chinese. A woman who grew up in China under the uh, uh, Chinese Communist Revol- uh, Revolution, Cultural Revolution, yes, giving testimony in Virginia about this is this is communism. This is the this is the Cultural Revolution, without a doubt, almost in every way. And people need to understand it, recognize it, and not be sucked into that kind of resentment and hatred toward people for no other reason than their color. Mm. Ray. Sandy, we've been talking the last couple of days about uh, Joe Biden and the, the, it seems, the increasing number of gaffes, embarrassing moments when he was asked, is, do you still think Putin is a killer? And that very strange eight or nine second pause as if he couldn't think of how to answer. And it seems like this is accelerating. And I'm, I'm not making this as a political point, because when you get a certain age, this tends to happen to most people. But at what point, Sandy, are we going to see serious talk about uh, him stepping down and President Kamala Harris taking over? Are, is that going to happen before the midterms? And I ask that just because it seems like every day now there's a new, odd, strange, embarrassing moment. Um, I don't really think the left is hurrying to do that, Ray. Um, it, it, what difference does it make if Kamala? Okay, I'm, I know there's a lot of reasons for pushback on that question, but just stay with me for a second. It really makes no difference in the agenda of the left. It's not Biden that's uh, calling the shots. It's not going to be Kamala that's pulling the shots, and she, in many ways, is still a much worse representative of their cause than Joe Biden. He still manages to give that big smile, and to he has a sympathetic figure to some because of his uh, weakness. And um, so he is a more positive role model for their call, more innocuous. He kind of uh, inoculates them from the horrible things they're actually doing. He's like the kind old man that they feel sorry for, like the grandfather that's failing. And that's a much better person, figurehead, than Kamala Harris, who's a snarky, laughing, really hateful person. There's a reason why she came in last when she was running for president. There's a reason. Yeah. And we're being reminded of that. So she's much, she'll be much harder. She would be much less their choice. I think they'll hang on to Biden as long as they can. That's my answer. Yeah. Yeah. I think she, she would be, I mean, she is a disaster as far as her, she, I'm talking about the vice president. She can't answer questions. I mean, she's like the she she's almost as bad as Biden when it comes to not answering questions and not being prepared, and then she does that that terrible cackle mm-hmm. um, at questions that aren't even funny. She like, repeats herself. We've been to the border. We've yeah, been to the border. Yeah, that 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 was the um, that was interview last week. That was that was with Lester Holtz. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the leaders of the free world, i.e., the president and vice president of the United States, should be our A team. Yes. We don't have an A team. We don't have a B team. No. We're down to the D. Yeah. It really is an embarrassment for this country when you have these two characters go on the world stage. Joe Biden is the leader of the United States. Kamala Harris, who's put in charge of the border crisis, says to Lester Holt, well, I haven't been to Europe either. You know, 
this these are the these are the kinds of people these are these are the images the world has of the United States right now. Yeah. Well, uh, that, and I think yeah, that, that Sandy this to to to, to convince me and you, you hinted at you mentioned this earlier to convince me that Joe Biden got 81 million 200,083 uh 283,000 votes, eight, basically 81 million votes. And he can't get more than a thousand people to watch a press conference on YouTube. I mean, there, there's no way that you can convince me that that Joe Biden got 81 million votes. Oh, I agree with you, Walker. The whole thing defies logic. And now that we know so much more about how the ballots were handled in various places, and I actually think this, whatever nefarious things were done, I think they were pretty much done everywhere in some form or fashion. And so even in places where you wouldn't expect it, uh, they, I think they, they messed with things. Uh, they messed with the numbers. And we're seeing more of that. Look, Arizona, the count is still going on. Uh, Pennsylvania, they're still asking questions about what happened to them. Wisconsin is not giving up. Uh, Georgia's not giving up. Uh, there, and we have more. We have tons of evidence that stuff was happening that shouldn't, that created ballots for Joe Biden. Um, I was just reading about the one in Antrim County. It's in Michigan. It's just yeah. amazing. Uh, what they actually, they who, I don't know, the left, in cooperation with each other, uh, they went to great lengths to create ballots for Joe Biden. And I'm with you, at Walker. Yeah, I know. The, it does, the, just defies logic that, that he County, got that many. Yeah, that, that Michigan story, is is that's verified through the court system because yes. the, they, they had to show uh, the local officials there ha- had to produce the, the, the records. And the, the ballots, the tabulation, the way the ballots are tabulated was completely messed up. Uh, the way it, it was supposed to count ballots, the machines I'm talking about that they scan and tabulate the ballots through. So that's just one example of many. Uh, but but you look at at uh, for example, Jen Psaki had a online uh, press event on YouTube, and there were like 1,300 viewers total. Oh really? For the entire oh hour. Wow. Um, on, on this this online event, so it's just baffling when you look at that. And you look at how many people watched the president's speeches, and it's just, it's un, it's un, it's unbelievable to think that that he got he got a record number of votes in American history, uh, running on the ticket. Sandy, thank you for coming on, and we'll be stay we'll stay tuned for your show each weekday morning at seven a.m. Central. Okay, Walker. Thanks. Thanks, Fred. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Thanks, Ray. Nice to talk to you guys. You bet. Okay, All bye right. Bye. All right, Chris. What you got next? Well, uh, let's let's do this real quick uh, and move on to other topics if we have time. But uh, t- talking about Vice President Kamala Harris, you know, she was forever ago, it seems like, put in charge of the border crisis uh, by President Joe Biden. He always puts her in charge of things, and we're still talking about him weeks or months later. Uh, in this particular case, she's now gone 83 days, I think it is, without a press conference on the border crisis. Uh, as we have already discussed, she did tell Lester Holtz, uh, last week, uh, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. And she even gave her, uh, I've not been to Europe either, comment either. But um, one of the people that is talking about her is South Carolina's governor, Henry McMaster. The reason the South Carolina governor is talking about her is because the vice president has paid a visit to South Carolina to push vaccines. And Governor McMaster there of South Carolina was on Fox and Friends today, and he said the vice president should be focused on the border, not traveling to South Carolina and other states for non-border business. Clip three. 
Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, is having to go take all sorts of steps to try to do what the federal government uh, should be doing and were doing in, until the Biden administration came in and, and stopped the, the Trump uh, administration's wall from being built. But the vice president needs to go and look at this and talk mm -hmm. to the people, talk to the troops, talk to the Border Patrol and get a feel for how desperate this situation is. This, uh, we don't have any more time left for this to, to be done. This is a loaded statement, if that's the correct term to use here, uh, because, you know, let's go back several months. The, the president and other people that work for him, they, they keep saying, like, diplomacy is back. And, and, and every Democrat, for whatever reason, always talks about the w first 100 days. They're yeah. going to get things done in first 100 days. And as we've already heard from the president, it's 120 days. Give me a break, yeah. man. I need time. Ray, Ray I'm, I'm reading stories where, where the, the – the left-wing part of the Democrat Party, which now makes up the majority, mm -hmm. they're getting frustrated, Ray, because of the, quote, lack of progress on the Biden agenda. Hey, that's the best news I've heard all week <laughs> long. I hope they stay unhappy. I mean, this is this is the problem. We've got a divided Congress, right? We've got a divided House. The Senate is divided right down the middle. And Joe Biden is pushing ahead as fast as he can, but it's not fast enough for the radical left. What's their next step? Who knows? You know, I, I have to disagree with Governor McMaster. He said she needs to go down to the border to see how bad it is. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris know how bad it is. Yes. Yeah. That's, yes. why, that's why they don't go down there. That's, that's why right. they're not going down there. What's going on at the border is by design. Yeah. Joe Biden, candidate Joe Biden, I want to surge at the border. Right. They know exactly what's going on. They are flooding this country. I think the latest number I've seen now is over 900,000 have crossed that border. They're putting them on buses, putting them up this, at hotels. That's this year. That's this year. That's this year. <laughs> wow. This is what's going on, folks. And you may not have seen this story in the last 10 days, but the Biden administration is now expediting uh, the green card and citizenship procedures. When I got my green card almost 25 years ago, it took six months. They are now going to speed it up. In order to become a citizen, they're now going to license it. It used to be that you have to have a, a, go before a judge, have a ceremony, the whole thing. No, they're going to license people at, uh, at government offices to give the the oath of allegiance yeah. to make people citizens. This is all by design. The reason Kamala Harris doesn't want to go down there, and you won't see Joe Biden going down there, because there's a contingent of reporters that would go with them. They would have to show pictures of how bad it is. As far as I know, uh, as far as major television networks go, Fox is the only one. They are showing the country pictures and I think more and more people, I, I think there is a rebellion that's brewing across this country. People are understanding. They're understanding what they, uh, what conservatives warn people about on the Biden, Kamala Harris ticket is coming to pass. Yeah. And people, I mean, I even wonder this myself. What is the overall goal here of the left, of the Democrats? And we've, we've talked about how they eventually want to provide citizenship. Uh, for these illegal immigrants and then somehow, I guess, turn them into Democrat voters. I don't really know if that's an effective strategy or if that's even... But the reason I say that, you look at uh, Texas. There was a, a local race, I think it was in Lubbock, 
uh, may have been another city in Texas, but it was a pretty much heavily Democrat-run mm-hmm. city, mm-hmm. and the Republican just won the mayor's seat. Yes. Um, in a a, a, a a city that Biden, Joe Biden is the Democrat, won on the Democrat ticket. Basically, Hispanic uh, voters turned out overwhelmingly for the Republican mayor. That community has 85% Hispanic. Yeah. And so I say that to say... I'm not sure, Ray, that assuming that they give citizenship to illegal immigrants, that those are all going to be loyal Democrat voters. I think I think that's an unproven assumption because some of these uh, – correct me if I'm wrong, Ray, but some of these uh, Hispanics are Roman Catholics and have a pretty conservative worldview for the most part. Right. You're, you're going to have – some of them are going to indeed – they're going to become citizens and fall in lockstep with the Democrat Party. But the folks who say come in in a devout Roman Catholic background, in those in those cities up and down the Rio Grande Valley, they're going to find that Republicans and conservatives in general have made a whole lot of progress. So in a sense, in a sense, Walker, I guess what we're saying is when we talk about the crisis on the border, which is a crisis, what we're really saying is, Joe Biden and Kamala would go, what crisis? The, it, it's happening exactly the way they wanted it to happen. Yeah, and, and back to my point about what the overall purpose here is, I think it's more about overwhelming America's system. Mm-hmm. I think it's more about overwhelming America's economic uh, system and judicial system across the board to basically weaken it. And that's what happens when you have thousands of really now millions of illegal immigrants living in America that are due in court and they have to be processed. I mean that this, and then that they, they're able to get on, on welfare and assistance and, and housing and education. I mean, it basically overall weakens America's system and which, which ends up hurting the country and all the citizens uh, that make up America. That, um, that what I was talking about that election uh, took place in McAllen, Texas, Fred mm-hmm. just informed me of. So that was a, uh, a pretty much blue city, blue district that a, a, a Republican mayor uh, just won with a majority, <clears throat> a vast majority of the Hispanic vote there. So that was a, that may be Fred, uh, um, a foreshadowing of things to come in 2022. Listen, uh, you know, if there was honesty in reporting, you would see across the country that uh, Hispanic folks who have been here, they build businesses in this country, they don't want what's happening at the border. You look, you look at these Democrat districts, House districts on yeah. the border. You have Democrat members of the House saying, Biden, you've got to stop this. You've got to stop this nonsense. Our communities are being overrun. Yeah. You know, we have Border Patrol agents. One of the saddest pictures I've seen recently was one lonely border agent chasing about nine people. In his with, truck. In his truck, yeah. who had just crossed the border. They're overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah, and the the to to your point about Hispanic American citizens not liking this either. Yes, uh, a buddy of mine who's a farmer here in Mississippi took a trip out to uh, out to I think it was Arizona, took a trip out to Arizona to visit some farms that are on the border, mm. and he was talking to these American citizens, legal American citizens. They were immigrants, but they were legal, and they owned farms on the border. They were Hispanics. And they were they were frustrated, they were mad at illegal immigration, Ray, because these illegal immigrants are coming over and taking their jobs. 
These are legal immigrants came here to earn a living and to better their family's future. And then illegal immigrants basically cheat the system and take their jobs. They played by the rules, right? Yes. They came here. They did everything exactly the right way. Who can blame them for being angry at folks who are who are with encouragement from the White House and the Democrats? Who can blame these legal immigrants for being upset about illegal immigration? Yeah. Yeah. And, and to, to, to Fred's point about the numbers, just this year, the, the U.S. government runs their numbers from October to October or technically October to September. That's their fiscal year. And this fiscal year running from October of 20 to now May. Well, we're, we're in June, mm-hmm. but the numbers aren't out for June. But basically this year with with four reporting months left, June, July, August and September, we have already surpassed as far as illegal border crossings. We've already surpassed all the numbers from from the previous basically five to ten years. Oh yeah, uh, nine hundred and twenty nine thousand illegal border crossings. Those are just apprehensions. Yeah. Who knows how many don't get apprehended? We don't know those numbers to report them. Yeah. But we'll 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 pass. Well, just in June we're going to pass a million illegal border crossings for the year, and then you get to September, you're talking about one point three, one point four million minimum uh, illegal border crossing. So it's it's overwhelming the system, Chris. Yes. Now, you mentioned something about uh, June and fiscal years and uh, things of that sort. I'm not going to say things of that nature because if apparently— <laughs> Yeah, Tim will come back and he'll get you <laughs> He will. That. He he'll will. Bu- I serve with the that. pleasure of the president. But <laughs> I want to mention this because it's good news on the economic front. Uh, and let me explain this. Most of California's coronavirus rules are officially coming to an end today, 15 months after being enacted. No capacity limits or distancing requirements. You might be expected to wear a mask if you take public transportation. You can also go from wherever it is that you live to visit a theme park there in California. I bring all this up because California is one of our country's largest economies. It's actually one of the largest economies in the world. And we need economy. We need California to be open and humming and going to help our overall economy. So yeah, it'll be- so, so King Newsom has uh, has reinstituted the Constitution there he in, has. Uh, in California. <laughs> Whether or not that recall election had anything to do with it, I don't know. Oh, but you know it probably did. We the people do need California open for business. Yeah, well, that's good for the citizens and the business owners of California. Yes. They've been in desperate need of that, mm. uh, uh, those shameful policies by Newsom. We'll be back in a few minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.